Hello and welcome to another episode of Treating Cancer the 3E Way. I'm Klaus Pertl and together with Lothar Hirneise, we will share with you important insights into the field of oncology and alternative cancer therapies. Hi Lothar, how are you? Hi Klaus, another great day in paradise, thanks. Wonderful, wonderful. Today we will take a look how to reduce the confusion and complexity about cancer. In the cancer or in oncology, there are many terminologies that are used. And from our past experience, people do get confused when they hear things like mortality rate, response rate, survival rate. What does it all mean? So in this episode, we want to focus on a couple of terminologies that are very often used, but very often people don't understand what it really means. So Lothar, how can we reduce confusion and complexity here? Well, in theory, but I mean theory, it's easy. <clears throat> mortality rates define just uh, the, the number of people who die of a certain cause in, in, in a year, in one year. And this will be divided by the total number of uh, people. <clears throat> for instance, uh, I know the mortality rate for people with lung cancer uh, in the United States is 53%. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, 53 people per 100,000 people. So it's nearly the same in Europe, like, like in Germany, it's 52 or something. So the response rate, which is the one where people most misunderstand, the response rate is just uh, the percentage of patients whose cancer shrinks, and this is important, shrinks or even totally disappears uh, directly after treatment. Or in some studies, in, uh, they, they also use the response rate as a so-called clinical endpoint for clinical trials of uh, cancer treatments. Uh, this then they call objective uh, response rate or, or um, uh, ORR, they also call it. And then <clears throat> one of the most important one, of course, is the so-called survival rate. So what does it mean? Survival rates are something uh, else entirely. They calculate the percentage of people with a disease who are still alive uh, on a, a set amount of time after diagnosis. For example, the five-year survival rate for people with lung cancer in the US is only 15 point something percent. But for me, Klaus, <clears throat> there is uh, another statistic uh, most oncologists uh, never speak about. It is how many new cases of a cancer type we have every year compared to people dying because of this type of cancer. For example, in Germany, we have 52,000, exactly 52,520 new cases with lung cancer every year. And at the same time, we have 44,000 uh, people dying on lung cancer. So that's exactly 84%. Of course, when you look to these figures, only for, for one year, <clears throat> then they are not very meaningful because so, so many things can happen in, in one year compared to the, to the year before. But, and this is very important, but when you look to them, to the statistics for 10 years, and you find out that always quite more than 80% are dying, then the statistics, they say a lot. This is, for example, this is like going to an airport and you know that 80 airplanes from 100 will crash today. Come on, would you sit in one of the airplanes? So <clears throat> also most cancer patients do not know what response rates really means. 
I know, for example, they, they, most patients, if the doctor comes in the morning and they tell the patients, hey, I have good news for you, and uh, you, your tumor became smaller, and then what is a patient thinking? The patients are thinking they live longer. But this here is a big, big misunderstanding. Response rate means absolutely nothing whether you live longer or not. It just means that a tumor is shrinking. I give you a, a nice example. If if I do radiation on a tumor, in if I do it high enough, 99% of the tumors will shrink. Will you live longer through that? You will not live uh, longer through that. So I think they, they mix uh, a lot here. So basically it would mean that the response rate could be very good, so the cancer is responding to the treatment, but it also could mean that your survival rate will not improve. This is exactly, and I think this is, uh, especially for two therapies, this is uh, the, the biggest problem. It's for chemotherapy and for radiation. Because chemotherapy, especially the first shot, <clears throat> because the first shot is working better than the other shots. So um, the first shot quite often is shrinking a tumor, like in lung cancer. Even in, in pancreatic cancer, it can happen. But like in lung cancer, it can happen that it becomes smaller. But when you look to the five years uh, survival rate, uh, you will see it will it, it's, it doesn't matter. When you have a group of people where the tumor was shrinking through radiation or chemotherapy, and then you have a group of people where the tumor was not shrinking or even totally disappeared, and then you look at the five-year survival rate, it is exactly the same. So it's not that important at all. And it would also mean, or it could imply, that uh, a lot of treatments with terrible, terrible uh, side effects basically don't prove for the survival rate to be beneficial. Absolutely, absolutely. And, <clears throat> and this comes uh, from me mainly when, when we speak about radiation. Because radiation, of course, can shrink a tumor. It just depends how many gray you are giving, you know. Uh, normally, it's 1.8 or something with, with one shot. But for example, if you give sometimes with, with brain tumors or with other tumors, if you give four or five gray or even up to 10, so of course the tumor will shrink. But what does it mean? The tumor is shrinking, you have a lot of side effects, but you're not living longer. Yeah. And for a, a, a person who is obviously affected by this uh, cancer diagnosis, what, what should they really look for? What are the? What would you recommend? What are the numbers or those terminologies they should look out for? Well, you know, <clears throat> what is the big problem here? The big problem is we don't have uh, uh, studies which are comparing conventional with alternative therapies. So when we look to statistics, to mortality rates, to response rates, to survival rates. What really do we see? Can we find, when we look to the statistic, uh, uh, what is the best therapy for me? No, we can't. There's only one, let me say, smaller thing you can find out, which therapy is not good for me. For example, <clears throat> when you look to, to conventional uh, studies and they compare chemotherapies with each other, then you can see, oh, with this chemotherapy, 80% died with this chemotherapy, only 60% died. And then if, if I make the decision, I, want, I, I would like to do a chemotherapy, then the statistic can help me to do that. 
But that's all, you know. So statistics, uh, especially mortality rates and survival rates, are helping more what you should not do. But it's not really helping what you can do. Yeah. So it's a little bit like comparing cars within one car manufacturer, but not comparing cars to the whole car industry. This is the this is the right. This is exactly uh, uh, right. Yes, when when you compare always, let me say two three different car companies with each other, but you never bring let me say some good ones like BMW, Jaguar, Mercedes, Porsche. When you never compare the cars with them, um, of course you have. Uh, 60% of this or 80% of that, but what does it really helps? It helps more the doctors to make a decision, but it never helps a patient to find his or her therapy. And I, I know it sounds a little bit um, demotivating to hear that, but on the other hand, it also gives clarity that we are not blind and that we not foolishly believe because some numbers that that that's it and uh, everything with that numbers is helpful that they're not and uh, i can also see that the confusion can be reduced if we get this clarity that first of all all the numbers are compared in one system only and secondly the key number really is survival and and also the quality of of that time I think those are the two key numbers, and in the end, hardly any studies uh, look at that. You know, they they really probably look more at response rates. I, I agree totally. <clears throat> I I would go even further. You know, I would say mortality rates, response rate, just forget is totally. What what can help a little bit is the survival rate, of course. But even that, you know, is not really helping to find the best therapy because they compare only chemotherapy with chemotherapy. So so how is this helping? This is only helping the doctors, which, which therapy they can offer to a patient. But the, the first question comes earlier, long time before you think about which therapy, uh, which chemotherapy I'm making. The, the first question must be, shall I do the chemotherapy, yes or no? And here, the statistics are not helping me because even they say always something different, we do not have placebo-controlled double-blind studies in oncology. We don't have these studies. And as long as we do not have these studies, we these statistics are not helping. And, and I think that that is really what we have to hopefully work on in the future, that um, I'm not quite sure who would take the leading role here, but that more and more possibilities would show up that conventionals could be compared with alternative therapies. But I also understand that is a huge one and <laughs> that's probably more political one and it's probably more lobby one and it's more about lots and lots of money. And here we probably can't help you at the moment. So I hope that uh, with the explanations that Lothar was giving you today, you could at least get those terminologies a bit clearer in your mind And you could put them in the right place so that you understand what is really sensible and, and useful for you and what is just a false hope. And um, thank you, Lothar. That was, I hope, very, very good for everyone. Lothar, I wish you a wonderful day until the next uh, episode and uh, speak to you soon. Okay, great. Looking forward to hear from you soon. Bye-bye. All together. Bye.